Hi, and welcome to part two of Spiritual Seekers. Thanks for joining me. In our last podcast, I talked a lot about internal, paying attention to the internal, becoming mindful. And I talk about vibrational frequency. We're still going to talk about vibrational frequency, but I'm going to go right from where I stopped in the other podcast. And if you want to become, if for example, we're going to talk about how to get where we need to get. And this is just going to be the beginning stages, uh, uh, you know, of manifestation. You've got to start somewhere. Okay. So we're going to start with things that we can do that will bring us to achieve the goals that we set so that we can see, wow, you know what? This really works. When I change my mind, I change my life. And what is internally happening inside of me is being reflected on the outside. So if you want to begin an exercise routine or a new practice, and my cat's going crazy, so that's who you hear in the background, you're going to begin where you are. So if you're not exercising at all, you may want to commit to a walk five minutes a day and add one minute every day until you work up to 30 minutes. That's an exercise routine. You might say, I want to get more buff, so I want to lift weights. Okay? If you don't have any weights, you can find many YouTube videos that will show you about using your own body weight by doing push-ups and dips and things like that. Or you can buy some you know, five-pound weights or seven-pound weights, maybe something right in the middle. And maybe you do 10 reps, one set of a couple of different things every day you add one more rep. It's totally doable. And you can do this if you commit. So when you start to say, I don't want to do this. I know I said I'd walk. I don't want to walk. I I got other things to do. I'm just too tired. I can't do it today. Seriously, you're not committed. You can walk for five minutes. You can do 10 reps. And when you're going pee, you can do 10 reps on the toilet, okay? There's no excuses, all right? How do you how do you have an excuse for 1 minute a day or 1 rep a day to add? So when you're when you change your ideas about how you're going to go relate to the outside world, everything is going to change. Put a smile on your face when you walk out that door. And if you can't, you're going to have a smile on your face when you're done in 5 minutes cuz you finished. You did it. And then the next day, you'll have a smile on your face after six minutes. So let's say you have a habit of running two miles a day, but you want to increase it so you can run a local 5K. What would you do in this circumstance? Maybe just in the beginning, you run an extra quarter mile for the first week. And then over a month, you add a quarter mile each week. And now you have one more mile in one month. So now in one month, you're up to three miles. And then you increase until you reach your goal. And then you create another goal. Maybe you want to pick up your pace a little so that you can compete in a 5K. And if you'd like to see what your personal best is, you know, you just keep pushing yourself a teeny tiny bit. And you have to ask yourself, okay, what would I do? How can I add to this? How can I become better? Right? It could be anything. And you probably start running sprints if you want to speed up. And or, or compete. And from there, maybe you do a half marathon, or maybe you st- start doing biathlons, or maybe you say, you know what? I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to compete. I actually run for pleasure. And I, when I was sprinting, I got this injury because my subconscious mind was resisting. And when I sat down and I asked what the emotion was behind it, the truth is, is I just don't want to compete. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And when I compete, I don't enjoy it. And then you think to yourself, well, maybe I need to look at what it means to compete with yourself and what I'm resisting. And you go deeper. And you could say, I don't care. I don't want to do it. I want to run for pleasure. Or yeah, you know what? I found what was going on inside of me. I had a fear of looking foolish or being embarrassed or ashamed. And what if I lose? And you say, so I'm going to do it anyway. Or maybe you take up windsurfing. And because you've had success by giving yourself little achievable goals each and every time you got out and you ran, you know you can achieve anything you put your mind to. The fear is gone. Okay. Achievement, taking action actually drowns out the fear. When you do that, the world outside you shifts in a new alignment with a new frequency. That's the importance of the actual doing. So as you're working on your spirituality, focusing on your vibrational frequency is important. But it's not a barometer of spiritual progress. If you say, or if people say to me, I think I'm vibrating at a high frequency, I say, you're missing the point. If they're vibrating at a high frequency, I can feel it and they can feel it. Energy talks. And many spiritual seekers begin by believing because they're seeking to incorporate a spiritual practice or spirituality to become and be spiritual that they're vibrating at a higher frequency, but that's not the work. You're just thinking that. You can fall prey to measuring your spiritual progress by by that positive, by being positive, instead of focusing on the deeper work and understanding what vibrational frequency allows you to do. One of the biggest pitfalls that I've seen is judging other people for how they live. And how's that spiritual? That's not spiritual. That's judgmental. Actually, what that person is witnessing is a trigger within themselves instead of the compassion to see that everybody is on their own journey. And that includes me too. I do fall prey to this, as has every single one of my mentors, and they still do. When we don't monitor ourselves and we're stressed and we've got too much on our plate and we're fried and we're burned out, We will fall prey to that because we're reacting to something when we need to pull back. So you'll know you're on a spiritual journey when you start to feel pain. Spiritual journeys aren't comfortable and typically they aren't supposed to be. You can measure any spiritual progress by how well you, well, maybe not, okay, by how, I was going to say, by how well you think your life is going, or whether you feel good or or, or bad. And that's actually missing the point. So most of our negative emotions flow in response to negative thoughts. Negative feelings are caused from negative thoughts. Actually, feeling comes first, and we release the energy, we release the chemicals, and then we start thinking negatively. And then we're in a vicious cycle. Thoughts, feelings, feelings, thoughts, thoughts, feelings. You see what I'm saying? Negative thoughts equal negative frequency. Positive thoughts equal positive frequency. But you're human. 
In another podcast I did on emotions, I specifically say that negative thoughts and emotions aren't bad. They actually help you understand yourself and what the underlying cause of emotion is. Or just identifying what the emotion is can be enough to help you grow. The approach of positive only and only positive, that's not authentic. Instead, you're repressing all of your negative thoughts and emotions. What happens when we push negative thoughts and emotions aside? We have a thing we call spiritual failure. And then we start to feel fear and anger or sadness. And you know what those are doing? They're alerting you to look more deeply. People are like, oh, I'm feeling all this thing. I'm not spiritual. I'm a spiritual failure. Because when you're spiritual, you're not supposed to feel this. Are you kidding me? It's not, it's not alerting you that you're a spiritual failure. There's no such thing as spiritual failure. Spirituality doesn't have positive and negatives in that way. Spirituality is spirit. It's tapping into the unseen world. It's knowing that there's something more, that there's energy, that there's vibrational frequency, not just what you see around you. And while it's true that your thoughts and emotions shape your perception of life, it doesn't follow that you can't or shouldn't experience negativity. When negativity comes out and you're willing to look at it, that's when you decide that you want to heal for real. That's real. In my own experience, I've dealt with suppressed pain and trauma. And for your information, we will all continue to allow the unresolved emotions to come to the surface and meet them with compassion, not repression. When you repress your feelings and your emotions and you're trying to cover them up with being positive, they have to come out somewhere. And we don't want them to come out in the form of a stomach ulcer or heart disease or pancreatitis. Okay? Your body is always listening to what you're saying. Your cells are vibrating and they're listening. What's your frequency? So if you're holding in trauma that you experienced and you truly don't believe that you're deserving of great love and you keep repeating the same things over and over again and you can't look at them because you can't be a failure and you can't tell anybody that you're in an abusive relationship and you can't get out because then you'd be a failure, you got to be ready to jump or you're going to explode. It comes out somewhere. So how do you know, on the one hand, how do you realize that you're stuck in negativity and your old patterns of being, and on the other, work toward elevating emotions and begin healing, right? The answer is for yourself. What is it that you intend? What is your intention? What do you intend for your life? Do you intend to hide everything, meaning your emotions? And you don't have to confess anything to anybody. You only need to confess it to yourself. And if you're afraid of being judged, maybe you have to set a different intention for yourself. That you don't feel that you're going to be judged by other people because you're a human. And when you begin to raise your frequency and think to yourself, you know, people need to just let people be human. This is my journey and nobody else's. And I do not care what another person thinks. I am going to conquer this because most of the time people are not going to judge you when you just say, screw you, I don't care what you think, and you walk by with your head held high and your spine straight, they can't get you. 
And that's typically what we do. We hook into these energy patterns because we're at the same vibrational frequency they are. So we change our frequency. Nope, not going to let that happen. It's actually my thoughts and feelings, and I'm tying into that. And if I don't allow somebody to trigger me because I don't see that, because I choose to look at it like this, guess what? It all changes. Do that. You'll see. And then you'll say, oh my God, it works, because it does. Whatever we're triggered by and we have emotional energy running through our system, it gives us the opportunity to pay attention. What's coming up for you? If your intention is to heal, those to heal the triggers and what you're feeling, for example, if you're feeling angry or sad or hurt or jealous, what you choose to do is going to make the difference. We're so used to fighting and we're so used to taking it in and feeling ashamed and badly about ourselves and guilty. We don't even identify that we're feeling guilty. We don't feel realize that we're feeling badly because those are old habits and patterns that were ingrained when we were kids. We blame ourselves. Everything is our fault. Or you blame other people. It's all your fault. Really? Other people are responsible for your feelings? Really? You're responsible for somebody else's feelings? No. But what we can be is more compassionate towards self and toward others and recognize what's happening, what's actually happening for us and even for another person. What you choose to do makes the difference. So if you choose to act out, you're not healing. It can be healing. You can say, oh God, you know, I acted out, but screw it. I don't care. I hate it. I hate them. That's what they did to me. They deserve it. You know what you do? You make the wound bigger. You're repeating the same cycles over and over again, and you're not going to make progress. But if you act out, and you recognize it, and you choose to not do it again, and you vow that to yourself, I'm going to do better next time, you're healing. But if you keep telling yourself, I won't do it again, and I forgive myself, and you do it anyway, you're not healing. It's taking action on the decision to refrain from acting out, to control the emotion. And you might have to go in the bathroom or turn around and walk away and get in your car and breathe and recognize it's me. You might feel those emotions, but as you begin to recognize them and breathe, you're going to get underneath the emotion and uproot it. When you don't let another person get to you or let them see it and you do not engage, it's amazing what you'll see happen. That person will come to you and they'll say to you, hey, are you okay? And then you're really going to see, wow, this works. I just have to recognize that it is simply energy. It's a vibrational frequency of reaction. So it's taking action on the decision that you're going to be a better person. What's the best version of yourself that you can be? and to control yourself and your reactions. Even if you don't quite understand the emotion, you don't have to understand the emotion. You don't have to say, oh, I know that this is an emotion from guilt and it came from when I was three years old. You don't have to do that. You just have to recognize, I am reacting bad. And when we feel that negativity come up and we're back on the hamster wheel, don't judge yourself. Just recognize that I am reacting. This is wild. I'm beat red, I'm flushed, my heart's pounding, and you are in absolute fight or flight. 
Do you know what happens when you're in fight or flight? You're releasing all kinds of chemicals that says, I need to shut this system down because this person has to run for their life. They're being chased by a lion. That stress response is what makes us sick. That stress response and living like that is what makes us believe that we aren't good enough. Those stress responses are in reaction to your thoughts and your feelings. Recognize it. Just look at it. And if, are you being chased by a lion? No. What are you actually reacting to? And you say, well, I didn't like what so-and-so said. Okay. But you have a choice in how you're going to react to what so-and-so said, but it hurt my feelings. Okay. It hurt your feelings, but they didn't hurt your feelings. You're living in a memory. You're living in a neural network and it's repeating itself. And you don't want to feel that way anymore. Remember? So you're going to change it. And if you judge yourself, then you're judging the relationship to the outside world, and it's one of judgment, do you see? So don't try not to judge yourself. We often judge other people very harshly because we judge ourselves harshly. And as children, we were judged harshly, or at least we perceived that we were. And when we do this, we're trying to protect ourselves and we build ourselves up and we tear other people down. But the truth is, is that we're always tearing ourselves down. Why? Because judgment is poisonous. Why is judgment poisonous? I just told you. Because it creates a state of being that you release chemicals in your body that say, I am being threatened. You're not being threatened. And so those th- the, that poison that's released over and over again, it makes us sick. Your body is doing what you're telling it to do. And what is judgment? And what is acting out? It creates a lower vibrational state because you think that you're in a moment superior when the truth is, is underneath it, you feel insecure and inferior. And there's no reason for you to feel insecure or inferior because you have everything else that everybody else does. You're just as good as everybody else. You are enough. And it's the not feeling enough that makes us think we can't do something. And you can do everything everybody else does. You just have to take it in small increments. The technique that I use is just to be with my emotions as if I were a small child, like being aware of what it is that I'm hurt about. What am I sad about? What am I angry about? But I always have to have loving self-compassion because In being compassionate with myself, I'm not beating myself up. I'm saying, how do I heal this? And I move through it and I ask what the emotions are showing me. I actually talk to my emotions. And sometimes it takes me several weeks to work through it. But in doing just that by sitting with my emotions, I feel better almost immediately. I look for the lesson And when you realize that it is your relationship to what is occurring in this life, this is the true measure of your frequency. When you recognize it's my relationship to to the world, it's my relationship to what I believe is happening, that's what's occurring. That's the true measure of frequency. And you can raise the vibration by recognizing that. And in spiritual, I think that there's a very obvious blind spot in psychology of being positive. I didn't say psychology. I said in the psychology of being positive. If we perceive other people as negative and that being around other people is really hard 
and they're draining or toxic or not vibrating at the same frequency, we always have to do an internal check. I knew a couple of people years back who would always say things like, I don't want to be around those people. I only hang out with people of my frequency and vibration. And they considered themselves very advanced spiritually. So I went to my mentor and I was like, this doesn't feel right. You know, I believed that they did raise their vibration. I believed that, okay, you know, they had worked on it and maybe they just don't fit in, but it didn't feel right. My mentor said to me, if you ever do that, you might want to check yourself. You need to pause if you think that you're above anybody else. He told me that when people use their frequency as a way to distance themselves from other people, that they're judging other people and they're not confronting their own prejudices and they're not confronting their own serious inner discomfort with life. He asked me, what's the difference between a woman who shops at Bloomingdale's and is adorned with a $50,000 watch and Gucci bags and won't associate with the doorman? How is she any different? She sees herself above him. But at the end of the day, when she's dying, she dies no differently than he does. And she's born into this world the exact same way he was. He told me whenever I feel that way to check myself and ask why I would be labeling somebody beneath me. Or he asked me to look at what my trigger was. He asked me why I perceived them as having a low vibration. And it's true. He said that there are people that have toxic energy and you have to stay away from them or you have to create boundaries. But you can't label every single person as toxic in order to stay away from every single person. He told me to explain and examine the pain to myself before I judge. Yeah, family and friends cause us pain, but it's ultimately our ability to stay present and connected that is really truly at the issue. That's at the core. He said, if you think that you're spiritual and you're avoiding discomfort, and you're falling into a trap of judging others as negative or toxic. He said, you're falling into a trap of your ego. You're stuck, sister. That is a that is a white shadow, as he called it. Once again, he said, you're in the binary system of pain versus pleasure. Show me where spirituality has pain versus pleasure in it. And this is an exercise that really tested me because spirit is just spirit. It's the ego that begins to contort it. So he said, set boundaries. That's how you handle it. Because in setting boundaries, it empowers you to say, you may not do these things if in fact these people are doing something that you consider or I consider crossing a boundary. Bashing boundaries can be really subtle and people do it all the time. And it's up to us to look at what's happening, to process it, to feel the emotion underneath it, and to heal it, and then empower ourselves. And I do podcasts on boundary bashing, and I talk about staying away from toxic people. And it is true. When you realize somebody is truly toxic, you got to stay away from them. Or And you can still pray for them and love them and, and engage with them a teeny tiny bit, but I mean a teeny tiny bit. And the more you do this work, the more that you will see how broken someone else is when they are toxic like that. And there's a compassion that comes with that. And if you're not there, that's fine because all of us struggle with certain people that hit our triggers. You're going to go deeper. Your relationships are more connected with people that vibe to your tribe. 
And I don't mean you're going to have the same level of connection with every single person. It's just when you're on a spiritual path, this is particularly true because many people don't understand what you're experiencing or going through when you're trying to raise your vibration and look at yourself and ask yourself why I do these things. Why'd you stop drinking? Why'd you stop smoking? Why did you stop doing drugs? Why don't you hang out with us anymore? Why don't you gossip with us anymore? Why don't you talk shit about your parents? Why aren't you always depressed? Why aren't you always in pain? Oh, because I'm really trying to dig deeply and see what's going on inside myself. And they're like, what? And it doesn't mean that they're bad or you're bad. It just means that as you're trying really hard to look at yourself and you're thinking, why can't I be supported by these people? It makes it a little bit difficult because they're triggers. And so you can still love them and talk to them and go, "Mm, yeah, you know, and it's, this is not taking away from powerful connections. And it's not saying that they can't heal. It's about powerful connections and healing relationships that you're moving toward the relationship within your very self. And when I go back to spiritual arrogance, for example, we have to be mindful of this. We want to check ourselves and be sure we're not being judgmental when truthfully it's something that's being triggered that we need to work on. And when you're confronting somebody who's truly toxic, whose negativity is so pervasive that they aren't making any effort to confront their own limiting beliefs and emotional traumas and spilling that poison onto everything and everyone else, you may give yourself permission to leave abusive people and abusive energies and thoughts and relationships, and you can learn to let go. And that can be a really important part of drawing boundaries and healing yourself. But if you use this idea of, oh, my frequency is elevated like these people that I knew to justify judging people that you simply don't like or you don't want to be around or who piss you off and annoy you, that's an ego trap. And those reactions are what you need to explore. When you feel triggered or something lowers your vibe, that's on you. Nobody can lower your vibration. You do. You can come into contact with people that trigger you and your vibration goes down. But they triggered you. So it's on you. That's your own psyche, your own connection to the divine. Nobody lowers your vibe. They can affect you but it's because you allow them to. You just aren't there yet, and that's okay. Know that you will absolutely get there. Your perception and reaction to another person, it's what does that. You see what I'm saying? Remember that. We allow it to happen knowingly or unknowingly. And in some of my other podcasts, you hear me talk about getting away from those types of people, but I can't fit in all the information into one podcast, so you get it in bits and pieces. This specifically is about spirituality. So try this experiment with yourself. When you see somebody as a toxic or low vibe, turn inward and back out. What's going on? Back out energetically. Back up is what I'm saying. You might feel sad, angry. You might feel hurt. You might feel disgusted, jealous, envious, depressed. You might feel like you want to vomit, right? You might, you might get a headache. And by doing this, you might uncover a deep-seated belief about the way you look at the world. You might dig back into the files of your mind from an early age and find that this is due to another event. 
an event completely unrelated to the person that's causing you or triggering you to feel this way. And this is how healing happens, to look at self. So if we focus on our frequency and how spiritual we are and how elevated we are, and we're only relating to our new identity by thinking we're raising our frequency higher and higher, and we think that we're ascending, do you see other people beneath you? When I have people say to me, I don't even exist in this reality, my question is, then what are you doing talking to me? Where have you ascended to? And what's that like there? And some people tell me that they only operate in the fifth dimension. And I just let that be because what I know is that this is a form of a trap. Would this not look like a false sense of progress for someone on a spiritual path? And it can be a part of the process of becoming two. If we are willing to look at that and go, ooh, look at me thinking I'm all high and mighty. And I'll tell you, I've been knocked off my perch several times, you know, and I just think, you know what, I'm going to torch that perch. That just is bullshit. It's getting me in trouble. So if we're always seeking to rise to a higher vibration of frequency, you know, and you've, you believe that you've done some healing and now you reached a height beyond above most others. And what happens is you become attached to that. I know because I have had episodes of this. My mentors put me back in my place so fast and made me check myself. I was like blown away. They, all they had to do was ask one question and it was like, oh God. So I pass on these things that I've learned. And if you think that you're a high vibe person and that you have to stay at a deeper vibration, ask yourself if you're attached to being high vibe. Are you attached to being high vibe or are you attached? What are you attached to? Or is it deeper healing that you're looking for? Because deeper healing isn't about an attachment to being high vibe. When you heal, you awaken your consciousness or you become conscious of the fact that you're an aware being and you become less weighted down with the old habits and beliefs that keep us stuck and struggling. And you feel more aligned with God or spirit than you were before. Why? Because you are mindful of what you are being. You're mindful of your energy. These things create healing breakthroughs. And we dissolve old patterns and we get sudden insights into our own mind. And those are the wonderful experiences that we should applaud. We should meet them with grace and appreciation. It means you're doing the hard work of diving into your past and the things that are keeping you stuck. That's the work of healing. And you're going to be on the journey and you're going to reach points and other people are going to be on other points and that's going to set you off. You're going to get triggered. And then with another person, you're going to feel like you're backsliding. That's why we stay away from thinking we're high vibe. Just do the work and the rest automatically comes. You're seeking to heal. And when you heal, you overcome your old emotions and you vibrate to a higher emotion and a higher frequency because it's automatic. It isn't because you're seeking that. It's because you're healing. Stay present with love and compassion. And if you slip, don't berate yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't break yourself. But do, th- do this for a few minutes and get back. Become aware. Get back to your breath. Be vigilant. Thank you for listening to this podcast.
We're very complex beings. We're very unique with our own backgrounds and our own chemistries and our own minds that are complex mental layers of emotional patterns whose origins need to be discovered. Be aware that your frequency is never static or fixed. It's not going up or down. It's fluctuating like a love and hate, and it's not doing any of that. Everything exists on the same measuring stiff. If you're going to measure it, take love, for example. On the one hand is love. On the other hand is hate. In the middle is indifference. They're one in the same frequency. You can't have love without hate. You can't know hot without cold. Think about that. From moment to moment, your body is creating different chemicals and you're fluctuating, but it's all intricately linked with the internal environment in your mind, in your feelings, and the external environment. You see, we're all connected. Everything is connected and one. Just be yourself and focus on your precious breath in the present moment. It's the perfect guide to reveal self to self. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and please make the world a better place.